Hello and welcome to the Grin Podcast. I am Nolson Gupta. Today we have a really interesting guest all the way from America and her name is Bridget Jackson Buckley. Bridget has written a wonderful, wonderful, heartwarming new book and she talks about in this book about how she used meditation techniques to really battle some of the most intensive crises in her life it's called the gift of crisis bridget welcome to grin thank you hindal thank you so much for having me i'm absolutely delighted to have you on this podcast and i'm really you know i was charmed by your book may i say how your entire journey to really finding a deeper consciousness came through may i say some of the in a sense perhaps some of the most worrying some of the most uh, heartbreaking points in your life but how you found a greater sense of peace calm centeredness via meditation and went from crisis to um, a very interesting phrase that you use which i really loved and i think you call it radical gratitude and we'll come to in a moment <laughs> what you mean by that but i want to begin by asking you if you could tell us how you came to write this book well the book came about because it was you know you can write a book but clearly the book every book has a life of its own and so it came about in a way that it was clearly ready to be expressed and shared in the world through my experience in addition to what was wanted and needed by the collective that, that could be read through the book because i've always liked writing and i'm an avid reader and i always wanted to write a book but didn't know what i would write a book about so once i started going into a meditative state and posing questions to solicit guidance from my higher self from the all-knowing presence information started to drift into my awareness and i couldn't remember what was coming through so i brought a notepad and pen to the meditation session and just started to record what was coming down and that recorded information and everything that was going on in the difficult financial situations is what ultimately led to the book fascinating tell our tell our viewers tell our listeners rather um a little bit about yourself what did you study where do you come from um what journey brought you to meditation well i am originally from california from los angeles and again i've i've always liked to read but when we started to once my husband had a medical situation that almost led to him having a stroke at 33 years old it really just sent our life into disarray because we were not prepared to deal with that financially like we weren't prepared for him to be out of work for a long period of time he was the primary financial provider and so that situation just brought about a lot of stress because we didn't have a lot of money to buy food to support ourselves to pay our bills and to really do anything so we were very scared we were angry at ourselves and at each other and although i definitely patronized someone going to seek out or assistance being like going to see a therapist we couldn't afford that 
So what I had at my disposal was to read. And I read a lot of books about self-help, spirituality, and I noticed a common theme in the books is that what they all offered and suggested were the benefits of meditation and how helpful and how calming it could be. So I had that at my disposal. No one could stop me from turning within and meditating. So I just every day would sit down in a meditative state and I literally could feel my muscles relaxing and feeling calmer. So that helped me to interact with my children and my husband momentarily and not be so tense, not be so worried. And as I continued that, I started to notice that the effects of being calmer and clearer lasted for longer periods of time. So I just started going deeper and deeper into it. Tell us a little bit about the what happened during the financial crisis and what you really faced and what did it make you feel because I meditate myself and I've had a meditative journey myself. Uh, one of the great liberation of meditation in a sense, of course, is to free you from fear, at least that's what I think. And of course, the journey that you went through was obviously fraught with fear. And you write about it beautifully and explain to our listeners a little bit about the emotions that you went through fighting fear and then coming to this place of bliss in a sense within you absolutely meditation was and continues to be pivotal in addressing um you know the emotion of fear because this situation of losing a home a house that had been in my family for decades it brought up a tremendous amount of fear and shame vulnerability and resentment because when you deal with something like that your credit is ruined and we didn't know where we would be able to live or how we could afford to even live anywhere so that there was a tremendous amount of fear like i just felt it in my abdominal area and just like carried it around with me so meditation was instrumental because when you sit in silence when you sit in quietude there is going to be that moment when you have stillness thought stillness thought and so i was able to take note of how my mind was continually trying to create more problems and give me more situations to be afraid of like i could notice just the fearful thoughts just continuously coming up so then i was able to identify there is a consciousness of poverty here there's a consciousness of fear all of this is intertwined inside so of my body you are going body. to the monkey mind syndrome as they say in meditation mm-hmm. the mind is like a monkey <laughs> yes absolutely but i became aware of the monkey mind during meditation yes absolutely. you know i was completely oblivious to it before i started to meditate fascinating and do you have a particular kind of practice that you do tell us a little bit about your practice and where did you gain it from was it through particular kinds of books that you read was it through maybe a personal master uh, how did you gain this practice of meditation of the kind of meditation that you do well i actually when i sat down in i've read a variety of books but when i sat down to meditate i really just honed in on what it was that my body intuitively felt like it needed because sometimes i felt like i wanted prolonged periods of silence 
sometimes I felt like I wanted to inquire, like I wanted to know. But ultimately, underlying all of that was a deep, deep sincerity for me to connect with a higher presence and to develop an intimate relationship with that presence. So I didn't follow the guidelines of, of a particular master, although I may have read some of their books. I really just listened to what my body felt like it needed when I sat down. And sometimes I wanted more prayer and I would just go with that. And even now that still is my practice. I still sit in periods of silence and prayer to offer gratitude and send blessings to other people. And also to sometimes pose questions, but my questions now are very different than they were when I first started meditating. When I first started, it was more like- So in a sense, your meditative practice emerged from within and what could Mm -hmm. be purer than that in a sense? Absolutely, that's absolutely what took place. You were just about to say that um, the, in a sense, the manner in which you look at prayer perhaps has changed. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that beautiful thought. Oh, yes, because when, you know, when we, when I first started all of this and when we were losing the house, I was so afraid, as you, as you pointed out. And so much of my prayer was, you know, beseeching and grasping, please just save me. Give me the answer. Who, is there someone I should call? Is there something, just please, like, can I win the lotto? Just everything outside of myself. And as I moved through this, with more reading, contemplative practice, um, being a part of a spiritual community with a support system, my way of prayer completely transformed to look more at how many blessings there are already in my life, despite the difficult external conditions. I still had a place to live. You know, when we found a new uh, housing situation, I had loving support from my parents healthy children. There was a lot to be grateful for. So that helps to transmute, to change the energy inside of your body from grasping and fear-based and save me to an, a, a consciousness of abundance, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a beautiful thought. A consciousness of abundance and truly uh, how many of us struggle to understand that in a sense we already at every given moment already have everything that we need and at any given moment what we truly need is already with us so that's a really beautiful thought i also want to come to two things first the name the beautiful name of your book by the way bridge's book is called the gift of crisis it's out by mango publishing in the united states and you can buy it everywhere including on amazon or any bookstore the Gift of Crisis by Mango Publishing. Tell us a little bit, Bridget, about this name, The Gift of Crisis. How should we learn, according to you, to look at crisis as a gift? Because underneath these very difficult and challenging situations, there is something there. There's something there for you. But when you're completely focused on This is a problem. I don't have it. I don't want this. Take it away. It's difficult for what lies beneath that to make itself revealed to you, to let the gift to be revealed to you. Because if I was so pushing to say, I want this this situation with our, our finances to go away, that pushed me ultimately to a point of surrender. 
And once I could surrender, it's like my energy was a little lighter and solutions were able to find me, to meet me energetically. And I could pay attention to the fact that my heart was opening. My perspective on life was widening, that I could see nothing was happening to me. This circumstance was completely providing an opportunity for me to move closer to the qualities of love, acceptance, gratitude, um, having the courage to try new new uh, things that I had never tried before, to look at situations in a way to see, am I learning something? Is there something that's trying to teach me something from this? Um, do I feel like I'm a more compassionate person having gone through this experience? So those, all of those could be the gifts, the variety of gifts. Of course, each, in each situation is individual to you. So it's for you to make yourself open to receive what the situation is trying to reveal to you and give to you. Fascinating. Uh, the other question that I had for you, of course, is on that wonderful phrase, radical gratitude. Tell us, tell our listeners and tell me, what do you mean by that wonderful phrase? Uh, because to many people, it would seem that radicalism and gratitude are really absolutely polar opposites of each other. But you've beautifully brought together those themes into one beautiful phrase. Uh, tell us what it means and how you came upon it. Well, because when you're being grateful in the midst of a crisis or in the midst of a challenging situation, it's not that you're being oblivious or that you are being irresponsible by not putting all of your attention on what you see as the problem. It is a conscious decision. It's a conscious choice to be radical in a loving, informing way of where you are going to place your attention. I'm going to place my attention on there is something here for me to be grateful for. There's a small little nugget. I can be grateful that I have my life. I can be grateful that there's an opportunity here to explore love in a deeper capacity. I can choose to go deeper in this to see what this is trying to teach me. It's a shifting of where you're placing your attention. Again, you're not being irresponsible and you're not just being oblivious to things that are happening in life, but you're choosing to put more energy, more focus, more attention on something that is uplifting of a higher quality that you can choose to focus on that it exudes the presence and energies of, of, of the higher presence of the all-knowing of love. Fascinating. I want to conclude by asking you a question, which is, did you ever feel that you had a personal understanding of the word God? And if yes, through this entire process, has that changed? I felt that my personal sense, yes, actually, it, it did change because before you know, when I was younger, I used to view God as a person living somewhere in the heavens that judged me and that judged situations. And that if I didn't do certain things, I was going to hell per se. And then as I moved throughout this situation of, and of course, over the course of the years, my perspective of God has come to believe God as a as an energy, as a consciousness, as the highest, the all-knowing presence that permeates all life. And that my 
role in meditation and prayer and being incarnate, uh, an incarnate being on this planet is to be in the highest connection that I can with that energy, with that God consciousness, with heart centered consciousness as much and as long as I can. That's a wonderful, wonderful note. Um, uh, what you're saying, of course, is some of the highest um, ideas of, as you know, consciousness studies and philosophies that have been with us uh, for thousands of years. And uh, it is really beautiful to hear, Bridget, that all of this, of course, you realize not through books, not through textual learning, so to speak, but in the perhaps most authentic way which is mm -hmm. that you learned it through your own life, your own practice, and it really emerged out of you. Um, that's truly divine. The Gift of Crisis by Bridget Jackson Buckley, how I used meditation to go from financial failure to a life of purpose. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you very much for joining this podcast. I wish you absolutely the very best. Thank you so, so very much. I'm so appreciative to have spoken with you, Hendel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.